folks, do you feel like everything these days is go, go, go? It's nonstop from work to friends to family and a million pressing issues. Sometimes you just need to take a playoff and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. Hey, it's that time of year in Minnesota again to get out on the lake, go to the cabin, sit back, watch the baseball. Coors Light is the perfect refreshment to chill during these summer months. There's only one beer out there that's made to chill. The mountains on the bottles and cans turn blue when your beer is cold, and that way you know it's time to chill. Hit that reset button with some mountain cold refreshment. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Coors Light is the one you should choose when you need to unwind. When you want to hit the reset button, reach for the beer that is made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Welcome to another episode of Purple Insider, presented by Scout Logistics. Matthew Collar here, and joining me, a new member of our Substack Nation in this world, and uh, also another like, what what can we call ourselves? Like the fired ones? Maybe that's too maybe that's too <laughs> aggressive. Mark Bullock, he's written for Washington Post and written for the Athletic, and now has his own website, very much like me. Mark Bullock, spelled just how you think it is: B U L L O C K. .substack.com. And uh, Mark, I just sort of recently became familiar with your work and it is absolutely terrific. And I want to talk to you about some of the um, film breakdowns that you've done of players that would be interesting to Vikings fans. But you were covering football team um, previously. And I just, can we just talk about that for a second? Like, they just don't have a team name all of a sudden. And then they, are they going to like have one soon? We don't really know. The um the the new team president, Jason Wright, has kind of been a little bit on the fence about it. He's been playing his cards very close to his chest. Um so he, the the thought was is that they would take the first year to really evaluate different kinds of names and do all the process of that. Um but now that we're getting into that kind of it's been a year ish or this off season would be the first year of it. They're kind of suggesting that they might stick with just football team for maybe another year as they gather more information. I don't know what more information they need to gather, but um, it it seems like they might stick with football team or or maybe change to football club. Um, So kind of appeasing someone British like myself uh, for (laughs) being a football club, um, Washington FC or something like that. But um, it seems like that might be the route they go down, but um, we're not sure yet. They 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 aren't. They're keeping their cards very close to their chest. Okay, I actually like it. I like Washington Football Club or even football team, but club does sound a little more classy. And <laughs> like, because think about this: every name that I tell you will sound ridiculous. Like if I say like Washington Sharks is my has been my joke on the show. Like Washington it's it just sounds silly. Like is there some animal that is native to the Washington DC area? If it's like Washington Senators, well that was the old baseball team. So okay. like congressmen, you're like, well that congressmen don't have enough power. So you don't want to like <laughs> hey, who's intimidated by that? Like a bunch of, you know, old people in suits is what you're you know, making yourself. So I, I can't come up with anything that doesn't sound just preposterous. 
Yeah, the the thing that every fan wants to keep red in the title for obvious reasons, I guess. Um, and uh, the the one that seems to be most popular amongst fans is is red wolves, um, or some people prefer just wolves, like Washington Wolves, with the alliteration of the Ws. Um, but some people, but most people want red. So, um, and red wolves are, are, are apparently a species of wolves that are somewhat endangered. So there's some play with that um but i don't think they're native to dc or anything like that i think they're more west coast things so um yeah it's it, the the suggestions warriors has been another one um red tails after um there was a group of uh pilots that were called the red tails um so those have been the kind of three that have been thrown around but who knows how what they're going to go for? I, I I know they've certainly acknowledged that they've heard those suggestions. Um, whether they pump for any of them, I don't know. I mean, red tails, okay. I could sort of a little. All right, because um, of the historical reference, that's okay. Sure. Uh, red wolves to me is ludicrous. Just like, uh, <laughs> let's. Just, what's a random animal? This drives me crazy about college football teams. Like, we're the bulldogs. Like, why? Because we are <laughs> stocky and aggressive. I don't know. Like, what? I like, what about? I mean, okay, if you can't, if your university came up with that in like 1880, fine. But yeah. I mean, if you're relatively recent, that was the best you could do was yeah. just like I mean think about how many great names there are in college you have like the Albany Great Danes is one of them I mean the uh, Maryland Terrapins now we're talking cool stuff but Red Wolves okay random aggressive animal here we go I would much rather have it just be and the other thing too is it's a little bit of you gotta wear it you stuck with that name that you shouldn't have stuck with for way yeah. too long until you finally had to change it. So if you have to be the nameless team for the next hundred years, you earned that fate. Mm, yeah, yeah, I think that's probably fair. Um, and and I think there there are plenty of people that are perfectly fine with being a Washington football team or football club or, or what have you. So I, I, I could see them. Certainly, I could see them doing that for the next year or so. But um, I think at some point they are going to go for a name i just no idea what it's going to be they've not they've not really had there's nothing that's been like leaked or they've been trying to get the trademark for this or anything like that there's there's been stories of um lots of people actually applying for and sitting on trademarks for all the different names (laughs) and just to hold it from the team and and get money from them so um there's been no news whatsoever of that kind of thing so it's it's hard to say exactly what direction they want they want to go in so I'm I'm spending way too much time on it, but I'm also fascinated by it. Like that a team's name was so bad that they just had to be like, no name. <laughs> you don't yeah. have one. And plus the um, nature of the team and how bumbling they generally are, mm-hmm. uh, that also adds to what a circus it is to like not have a name. So uh, anyway – let me ask you a broad question. Then we can talk about some of these players that are kind of crossover between a little Vikings intrigue and a little football team intrigue. Uh, sure. But who's your quarterback? Who will be your quarterback? Tell me. Uh, I, I would love to have an answer for that. Um, obviously, they've just signed uh, or re-signed Taylor Heineke after his uh, heroics in the playoffs um, or the one game that he played. Um, that they are expected to probably bring back Kyle Allen at some point as well. Um, he's an exclusive rights free agent, so they can bring him back pretty cheap. Um, and Alex Smith is still on the contract, but uh, I think he has a cap hit of something like $24 million. So they, they probably 
I, I don't think they'll keep him at that rate. I, I, I'm sure they would love to have him in the building because of the story that he is and the leader that he is. Um, but I don't think they, the the money lines up on the current contract. Um, so they've been linked with everyone that has been on the quarterback carousel. The, obviously the big ones are Deshaun Watson. They were in on Matthew Stafford. They um, Reports are saying now they're making calls on Derek Carr and, and um, Sam Darnold. So it, it's hard to say exactly who um, they, they want to go for there. Um, I think barring a huge swing for Deshaun Watson, if, if he were to become available, uh, which I still think is extremely unlikely. And then you have the whole, he's got a no trade clause, so he can kind of pick where he wants to go. So um, I, I think that's pretty unlikely. So barring a huge move for something like that, I, I think um, probably the most likely scenario is they they go for someone possibly like a Darnold or a Marcus Mariota who have some upside and, and they could come in relatively cheaply and um, if they hit, great. If not, then next year they'll really go for uh, uh, make an aggressive play for a quarterback. Um, so I just think that Deshaun Watson has probably had enough of that type of ownership. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to deal with this again. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, yeah, you're right. Ron Rivera does not have enough power to supersede uh, Dan Snyder, so he's probably not going to come there. Um, now, what I think is interesting about Washington, though, um, and I do want to ask you more about Taylor Heineke because former Viking, Sure. Is that it's a great situation, actually. Like, you've got this defense that was fourth in the league in points against last year that has been loaded up over a number of years. You've got a star wide receiver to start with. You could certainly add more in a deep receiver draft this year. Um, your offensive line is not a joke. If you take Marcus Mariota, tell me if I'm crazy, Marcus Mariota to this team, you're like a nine or 10 win team, I think with Marcus Mariota, if he just even plays like average Marcus Mariota level. Sure. I, I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I, I think you're right in that it's, it's a, I think it's quite an appealing situation for a quarterback. It's not necessarily as appealing as say a 40 Heiners or um, maybe a Miami. Um, but I think it's a pretty appealing, as you say, the defense is pretty much ready to be good for a while. Um, and, and obviously that's always nice for that to be taken care of for the quarterback. Um, they've got some intriguing weapons. As you say, Terry McLaurin's a stud, um, and I think with some better quarterback play, I think the league will really understand how good he is and, and see that he's he's really up there in terms of receivers in the league. Um, the offensive line, they, they do need a left tackle, but they, they seem to have found – they've kind of stumbled across, uh, sorry, across a interior three – um, and if they keep Brandon Sheriff, who's a free agent, then um, they can keep those three together. And Morgan Moses on the right side's always been solid. So um, they've got some good pieces in place. Um, they probably do need another weapon or two, but it certainly is an appealing situation to quarterback. And, and with the defense that they have, um, the NFC East obviously being as weak as it is, um, then I, I could certainly see a quarterback like a, a Mariotto or Donald or whoever they they might wind up bringing in um if they can play just average quarterback level um then I, the rest of the team should be set up to be good enough for for that to be a, a decent as you say sort of nine or ten win team okay explain to me taylor heineke and how that <laughs> happened i covered a training camp with taylor heineke 
And um, he lost a job out to Case Keenum, who, by the way, went on to lead a 13-3 season that year for the Vikings. So, you know, it's not like you should have these major regrets if you're a Vikings fan of how that nice. played out, that the backup quarterback was Case Keenum. But this guy goes from, and what a beautiful journeyman story. He goes from XFL, where he's not even starting. He's bouncing around teams. He lands in Washington, and then he plays this one magical game and gets like $4 million a year now. It's, I mean, it's truly incredible and shows you sort of the desperation of teams to, to want anything. But also, he did ball out in that game. He really did play he pretty really well. Did. So yeah. I don't know, like, should Vikings fans have regrets? I, I don't think so. But no, I, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so either. It's, it's one, one game, and it was – an outstanding game, but it's still one game, and in the context of it, I mean, I'm sure Vikings fans are familiar—sorry, <clears throat> familiar with just how injury-prone Heineke is, um, and um, I think it was a situation where he was set up with nothing really to lose. Uh, he was coming in, as you say, off of the street. Um, he was going into a system that he knew because he basically followed Scott Turner around mm-hmm. from being with the Vikings and with the Panthers. So it was the system that he was most familiar with. He had nothing to lose um, and everything to gain in a massive playoff game. He's, if he had done poorly, nobody would have been surprised. Nobody would have been angry at him. So it was literally just go out there and go for it. There's, there's no downside for whatever you do. Um, and, and so that was the situation for him. Um, and he played outstanding, and, and it was a lot of fun. Like It was probably the best quarterbacking performance that I can remember in D.C. for probably the last five years, um, certainly since Kirk Cousins left. So um, uh, it was a lot of fun, and he, he earned his, his contract, um, and, and he will most likely be their backup quarterback. Um, and, and depending on who they bring in, he might get a, a shot to compete for a starting role. But I, I think the injury history, I, I, as far as I'm aware, he's yet to complete an NFL game without picking up a significant injury. So um, <laughs> yeah, even yeah. in the playoff game, he, he did a shoulder injury of some mm-hmm. sort. So um, I, I, I don't think you can safely go into a season going, yeah, he's our guy and, and we're going to trust him to be our guy for 16, 16 games. I, I don't think he can do that. Not only that, but he injured himself once in Minnesota, which I'm sure you've heard, by kicking a glass door and breaking his foot. Oh, really? I so, hadn't heard that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Check out his wiki. It's always my favorite thing to go to Journeyman <laughs> Quarterback's wiki and just see like what weird stuff I run across. Um, through the years, you run across like Cade McNown's parking tickets at UCLA and journeyman yeah. quarterbacks who are in jail now. All sorts of things. It's <laughs> it's worth it on a Saturday if you're not doing anything is oh. to do that while you're watching college basketball or something. Uh, but yeah, no, I I mean I'm I'm with you on on Taylor Heineke. Obviously, should not even really be considered off one game to compete for a starting job. They have to find somebody else. Now this takes us to somebody who has. And I'm not going to say real legitimate crossover with the Vikings, but intriguing to me because the name came up and I thought, hmm, it's one of those like we love playing this game with Kirk. Like, would you do it? Like, would you trade Kirk for whatever? And even though Kirk is not being traded, it's still such a fun game. Sam Darnold is one of the hardest ones that I've that I've come across. It's like, would you trade him for Jimmy G? Like, I don't know, probably like if they throw in a second or something, you know what I mean? Like. Here's why it's hard for me. Now, you watched a bunch of film. You wrote a great piece on uh, your on your Substack that's phenomenal, breaking down Sam Darnold. The only thing for me would be Adam Gase. I mean, <laughs> right? Like, so he's 
playing for the worst situation. He's younger. He might have upside. And if he doesn't, you could just throw him to the curb and get the next guy. Yeah. That's always flexibility is always a, a, a factor for me and not, of course, not that expensive right away. Again, not something the Vikings are going to do, but intriguing to me. And I wonder, do you think if he ends up in Washington, there's upside for him to go well beyond what he's done or would the limitations hold him back and you end up with um, your next Jason Campbell or something? <laughs> yeah. I, from, from studying him for the past few days, um, you see a lot of certainly a lot of the bad um and, and a lot of the interceptions were really bad and and there were some recurring themes with your interceptions where they they were happening on the same type of concept where he he really it, it's a basic concept he should be doing better he shouldn't be throwing those kinds of interceptions which is worrying um but you see these plays where I think the book on, on Darnold coming out of college was he's this guy that just has it. You, you can't really put your finger on exactly what it is, but he has it. And, and I was trying to define what that was. And, and in key situations on, on third down, uh, two-minute drills, red zone, fourth quarter, um, in those situations is often when he played his best ball um, and, and he would make his best throws and he has this – ability to scramble around and extend plays and, and create explosive plays off of, you know, broken plays. So that I think is, is what intrigues me about him is, is how he can create something from nothing and then how he can make these throws in the big moments. He's not afraid of the big moments to, to make those throws. Um, now, obviously there's only a limited amount of big moments when you play for the jets that nearly go, <laughs> right. go on the feet uh, um, without a win. So, you know, it, it's, it's hard to fully judge. Um, and the offense, he didn't have a lot of help out there. The offense, the scheme was often bad. There was times where he had no receivers to check down to. He was getting pressured a lot. Um, there, there was times when uh, they, they had receivers running routes to the opposite side of the field as where he was meant to roll out to. It, it's like, it just wasn't the most well-designed offense, but um, there, there was certainly, as you say, there's certainly a lot of upside with him. Um, and, and he's certainly a guy that I kind of felt, at the end of watching him, I thought, kind of as you said, you know, if I if if I roll with him for a year, you have a chance of hitting something that you know that he didn't fulfill his potential with the Jets, but there's still plenty of potential, or you know, you get rid of him at the end of next year, and you you probably end up going four and twelve, or whatever, and have a top five or ten pick, and you pick your next guy. Hey, everyone who listens to the show knows that I am an old school gamer. So if you're still playing the games from the 90s, trust me, you're going to want to check out the new gear from Soda Stick, football, hockey, and a Minnesota logo in the form of another famous video game logo. I'll just say that. If you use the promo code PURPLEINSIDER, you can get free shipping. Go to SodaStick.com to check out the old school gaming designs on shirts, hoodies all their apparel is screen printed here in minnesota that is so to stick s-o-t-a-s-t-i-c-k.com original minnesota sports inspired goods code purple insider for free shipping Remember, we still have our giveaway going on with Soda Stick, a $50 gift card. All you need to do is, if you have not signed up for the Purple Insider newsletter yet, go to purpleinsider.substack.com, and you're automatically entered. And if you have already subscribed to Purple Insider, respond to any Purple Insider email 
just with the word video games. That's all you have to do, and you're entered to win a $50 gift card from SodaStick. I, I wonder if they would take the let's do all of it approach, and, and maybe not. I don't know. But trade for Darnold, trade for Mariota, bring back <laughs> Taylor Heineke, and just say all of you get in a cage and fight during training camp, and whoever still survives is the quarterback. I don't think it's a bad idea. I mean, it sort of would feel like how once upon a time the Seahawks got ripped for drafting Russell Wilson after bringing in Matt Flynn. Hey, they've got their quarterback. It's Matt Flynn. They're all set. And then, you know, taking multiple shots at it is probably the best idea. And then, heck, draft Kellen Mond, too, and just bring them all in (laughs) and give a shot there. Well, you know that Heineke's not going to be your starter. So if you had a rookie that you draft and two guys that you bring in via trade, the roster, I think, is strong enough to where – I mean, you're in a you're in a good position. It's like it's not like oh my gosh, if we give up a third round pick, it's, the future is mortgaged, right? Sure. Yeah. I I think I think there's certainly merit to the argument of take as many shots at quarterback as you as you can. That there definitely is something behind that. Um, and and we saw the Eagles do it quite a lot in the division where they they brought in Sam Bradford, they traded for Carson Wentz, and um, they had multiple other guys on the roster. So like. I, I don't think it's a bad idea. Um, the question becomes the cost of getting all those quarterbacks because right. you uh, you figure Sam Darnold, the Jets probably aren't going to want to just give away Sam Darnold. Right. Um, right. And you know the Mariota could probably be had relatively cheaply, a second or third round pick, but he also comes with an eleven million dollar cap hit. Um, so if you're bringing him on and Darnold, you're looking at probably the best part of twenty million dollars. Um, so Yes, there certainly is an argument to take as many shots as you possibly can. Absolutely go and draft a guy later in the draft and, and bring in a free agent or a, a trade for a guy. Absolutely. I, I don't know if you go as far as going both Donald and Mariota and drafting a guy. Maybe two of the three. Okay, fine. Fine. Deal. Two of the three. <laughs> uh, now, you wrote about wide receivers, too, at sure. your site. And uh, this is something that really intrigues me because I have been sort of, um, I don't know, tooting the train horn of like, number three wide receiver, like more playmakers. And I think what we see, there's a million things you could take from the Super Bowl winners of like, oh, they won the Super Bowl, so you should do this. But one thing that never slumps is we got a bunch of dudes who are wide open. That never slumps. So you wrote uh, profiles on Curtis Samuel, Will Fuller, Allen Robinson. I, I think that for Vikings fans, Allen Robinson is out of the picture. Will Fuller, I think, is going to demand a lot. Curtis Samuel, though, very interesting to me of this playmaker type of guy who started to emerge after a sort of slow start to his career in Carolina. And it's not exactly the best situation in Carolina either. But with so many big names on this free agent market, I think he's a guy that could slip underneath the radar a little bit. Tell me just kind of like your, your opinion on him and what he should be at his best. Yeah, I, I like Curtis Samuel. Um, and he's a guy that um, I watched plenty of last year in 2019 because obviously Washington basically hired everyone from Carolina. Um, so I was pretty familiar with him then. And, and he's a guy that's a bit of one of those Swiss Army Knife type guys that can play a bit of running back, a bit of wide receiver. He fits in the slot, um, and, and he's someone that I think his best role is kind of having having a, a, a lot of different roles within his role. So playing probably in the slot, he can be a guy that 
is your gadget play guy that does your jet sweeps and your end arounds and reverses and all that kind of thing. Um, you can motion him into the backfields um, and and put your running back out or receiver, and then that plays around with the defense. How exactly do we line up with that? And and he's perfectly capable of taking handoffs and 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 running. Certainly working outside the tackles and getting bouncing outside to the edge and, and where his athleticism plays into it. And we saw it in Washington this year. He he had one play where he took a run that he just lined up in the backfield and took a standard outside zone run to the right and uh, bounced outside. And and Ronald Darby, the cornerback, came up to try to tackle him and he just put on a ridiculous juke that cut inside and beat him. And Darby had no chance and he was up the sideline for a forty yard gain. So he's someone that can do a lot of different things um, and, and he's gotten better as a route runner and he's, he was more reliable as a pass catcher. Um, he, he's someone that I, he had a few frustrating drops, certainly in 2019, not so much in 2020, um, but he had a few frustrating drops and the other knock I had on him was he's inconsistent in tracking the ball going deep, um, which uh, I think people don't fully understand how difficult that is to, be running at full speed 20 or 30 yards down the field and having to turn your head and locate the ball and picking up its trajectory and getting yourself aligned with the path of the ball to bring in the catch, um, let alone trying to be a defender to that spot. So um, it's something that I think he struggled with, um, certainly, as I say, in 2019, um, but I I still saw some of that last year as well. Um, But he's someone, as you say, the... The gadget type plays, um, he's very productive on those type of things. He's someone that you want to scheme touches into his hand. You want to get him on bubble screens, tunnel screens, um, as I say, end around, reverses, jet sweeps. Um, and, and he can really hurt defenses that are flowing one way and he suddenly cuts back the other way. Um, and, and that's the kind of player that – the kind of thing that he can add to an offense. I feel like the NFL should be in love with these guys. Like Cordero Patterson, same sort of deal where Chicago's like, what are you guys doing with uh, CP 84 over there? I mean, they're playing him at running back, which I, I think that there's some element of his game that he should be in the backfield sometimes, but not a running back all sure. the time. Right. Or, um, and if he's in that role, you should have him running, you know, bubble screens and motioning and all this is, with the increase in the love for motioning by mm. these playmakers. I feel like, and also you're, you look at the yards per completion around the league and it's like 10 yards per completion. Everyone's throwing short passes and things like that. Um, I just think that you have these guys who can create yards after catch on their own and you just make your quarterback's life so much easier. This is something the Vikings did a poor job of last year. Give Kirk Cousins a two yard pass through the air and get 14 yards with Curtis Samuel. And they didn't do this very often with Justin Jefferson, even that it was a 50, 50 split between him going more than 10 yards uh, in terms of air yards. It's like, well, everything doesn't have to be down the field and Gary Kubiak loves that. And that's his thing. But I feel like there's an opportunity for this team or your team in Washington. I mean, either way, but whoever to sort of increase the value of this type of player. And if the rest of the league is missing it, then you be the one that brings him in. Yeah, sure, absolutely. And the link to Washington is natural because he played for Scott Turner and Ron Rivera, and and everyone thinks that that's kind of a nailed-on thing. I I don't necessarily think it is because uh, Washington has quite a few of those type of players. Um, They they drafted Antonio Gibson last year, who 
He was a slot receiver in college, but they've converted him to running back. Um, they signed J.D. McKissick in free agency, who was another receiver in college that has converted to running back, and he's kind of been switching between those two roles um, in D.C. So um, they have a guy called Stephen Sims, who was an undrafted free agent in 2019, um, and he's he's more of a slot receiver, but he's another one of those explosive athletes that you get the ball in his hand, you scheme the ball, uh, scheme him touches, and let him work in space, um, your shallow crosses, your reverses, jet sweeps, and that kind of thing, and you let him just beat people. Um, and and so they've got kind of three of those guys, and they've got them all for under contract for less than four million dollars this year. So. Um, in Washington, I don't think it's nailed on that they would go out and get Curtis Samuel in free agency. They they, they probably want more of a traditional outside receiver, but mm-hmm. Samuel is certainly a, a very good component of an offense. Um, and if you have those guys on the outside and you can leave Samuel inside in the slot and, as you say, make the most of his versatility, let him line up in the backfield, let him motion around, let him do the jet sweeps and, and have a legit threat to carry the ball in the jet sweeps, um, that gives the defense so much more to think about. It stresses the defense in a lot of different ways. So um, certainly that's got a lot of value, I think, in today's NFL. And, and if you can add that to your offense, that's that's a huge bonus. So I have um, a random question for you. Sure. And then I have a, a trivia that I think you'll be fine with. Like, don't be nervous. But it's a, okay. I, it's a good one. It's a good one. Okay. Don't be nervous. It'll be good. Um the random question is, and I just sort of thought of this as we were talking about, um, you know, the supporting casts for quarterbacks and what they need to succeed and all, all those sorts of things. When Kirk Cousins was in his final season in Washington, the supporting cast really fell off. But every other year, it was very good in, in D.C. Good receivers, good offensive line. They've struggled in Minnesota to put together a good offensive line. But I wonder what the feeling was on Cousins as you were going kind of down the stretch of his career in Washington and it was becoming more clear that maybe this wasn't a long-term type of relationship with him there because there's this now a sample size of Cousins where you have similar type of records to what he had in Washington. And I know QB wins, whatever, but like still you pay the guy to succeed and to win and, and so forth. You didn't pay him to show up and go, eight, seven, and one, 10, and six, and seven, and nine. That's not what you were expecting. Sure. So I, I just wonder what the, what that feeling was like. Like, were you guys debating constantly about whether you should sign him, and is he good, and is he not good? And you had certain people who would be like, but this statistic says he's amazing. And then people would be like, I test, I see there's nothing in that guy's guts. Like, was it the same stuff that I'm dealing with? 100%. That That <laughs> is, Kirk Cousins is forever going to just be a, continu- a constant debate uh, between fans. And there's going to be the fans that see the stats and go, well, he threw for 4,000 yards and, 20 touchdowns and 10 interceptions and he was really good and then you see the fans that are like well, yeah but those 10 interceptions came in big moments in games and lost you games and um and the 4000 yards half of that came in garbage time and he he didn't he put he had stat padding performances where they beat up pad teams and all of those arguments that you're talking about bring back lots of memories from when cousins was in DC that that's ah. exactly what he is he's forever that divisive guy that some people love him, some people hate him. Um, And I think at this point in his career, given how he's constantly been that kind of guy, I kind of feel like that's all he's going to be. I think he's always going to be 
capable of being a very good quarterback. And when he's at his absolute best, he plays like a top five quarterback. But he always is susceptible to once or twice a game making that one throw where you go, what was that? Where did that come from? Why did you do that? And that's just possibly cost the game. Um, and, and that's why I, I kind of feel like in a situation that's absolutely perfect, you have the best offensive line, you've got two or three receivers, you've got a good tight end, you've got solid running game, and you've got a good defense. In that situation, Kirk Cousins can win for you um, or not lose for you. But if you don't have that perfect situation for him, I, I, he's not someone that I would want being the quarterback of my team. Hey everyone, want to remind you that if your business is in need of transportation of perishable, non-perishable, or fragile freight, and you want someone who has a 99% delivery rate and is trusted by Fortune 500 companies, then you want to give Scout Logistics a call. If you've been hearing about Scout Logistics here on the Purple Insider Podcast and wondering how you can connect with them to learn more, or even if you work for a business with shipping needs and want to kick it upstairs to the decision makers, Scout Logistics is just a phone call away at 855-217-2688, extension 232, or at scoutlogistics.com. Let's be honest, you do not want to mess around with transporting goods. You want the most reliable and the ones who go the extra mile. That's Scout Logistics. Plus, hey, they support this podcast, support the people who support us. So if you have shipping needs, check out Scout Logistics today. I just want to say that everything you just said, there are people listening going, oh my gosh, like, it, like all, all of those, all of those things. And you're right about, and I see, I kind of see where you view it through, but there are, there's the other side of, well, they didn't give him this and they didn't give sure. him that. Sure. Absolutely. And, and you can, that, that's the forever debate with Kirk Cousins is, well, he still played pretty well and there's a lot worse quarterbacks in the league and maybe if we just get him this or we just get him that, he'll he'll do well and he probably will. But it's very hard to build an entire supporting cast for a quarterback and pay that quarterback $30 million, right. um, which is where I think I'm... If Kirk Cousins was on a rookie contract and you could build the rest of the team around him or have the table set for him, then... I think you'd be able to win with him, um, but he's what is he now? Thirty something? Um, uh, two, thirty-two. Thirty-two. Yeah. yeah, like he's not twenty-three anymore. It, it, he, he's the kind of guy where you're always waiting for him to take that next step, where he's not making those horrible mistakes that you just they're just so frustrating because he could be so much better. Um, and, and when you're at when you get to if you're 23, 24, 25, you can kind of live with that and be like, well, he's still young. He can still improve. He'll get rid of that. When you're 32, 33, like, is he really going to get rid of that? Or is he just is what he is at this point? I can just hear so many people on the podcast being like, it isn't just us. It was, <laughs> like, you guys went through the same exact we went thing through, in the same Oh, I, it was five years of nightmare every week. It was... He's finally, yes, this is it. He's the guy. And then the next week, no, get rid of him. God, we don't want him. Get get him out of here. And it, every every week it was a drama with he's either the guy or he's not the guy. And there was never any kind of comfort in, well, we've got our quarterback at any any given point. Yeah, the um, 
And the thing about his numbers increasing here to some extent, I do think the 2019 season was really terrific for him and about as good as he'll be. Um, but there's also the like, wow, he had a career high quarterback rating. Like so did everyone this year. <laughs> I mean, right. Like the quarterback rating of the league sort of shot up and that yeah. is what happened. You were also one in five at one point And it's like, yeah. you know, but then like you said, it always circles back to, well, you know, but the defense wasn't good, and it's it, you know it goes back. And well, you know, the left guard was really awful this year, and it's like um, my thing is if you sign him, try to give him everything you need. Don't leave him. Yeah. Without, no, don't leave him without a left guard that you signed in free agency for eight hundred thousand dollars. Don't leave him without a Curtis Samuel because you spent all that money already. You might as yeah. well push the chips to the middle of the table. That's for sure. Thing. 100%. I, I 100% agree with that. If he's going to be your guy, then you've got to accept that he's going to make those mistakes and you need to give him everything, the as much support as you possibly can. And if you're not doing that, then why are you signing him? Um, I 100% agree with that. Tell you my favorite thing about Kirk Cousins, then I'll give you the trivia. Sure. Everybody gets to be right and everybody gets to be wrong. Yeah. It's it, there's very few players in all the sports where it's like, if you think Kirk Cousins is a really good quarterback, man, you get to be right a lot of times, yep. a lot of great games, a lot of great numbers. And if 100%. you think, and if you're, if you're someone who's very skeptical of Kirk Cousins as your quarterback, you also get to be right for those five <laughs> games a year where you're like, what? Like that. That's, yep. yep. And so every year you, you look at the PFF grades and there's like some way up here and some way down there and not a whole lot in the middle. So, um, all right, let's wrap with this, Marty. It's been super fun. I'm really glad we did this. Uh, eight quarterbacks in football team history have also been quarterbacks for the Minnesota Vikings. One Ooh. of them is Kirk Cousins. How many can you name quarterbacks who also played for the Vikings? Seven. I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be terrible at this. My football history is not great, um, but uh, obviously Taylor Heineke, did he he played for the Vikings. Once, okay, right? I need to make, I need to adjust my number. I forgot Taylor Heineke in this because okay. I was going through uh, Football Reference and he played in the playoff game for you. So, uh, um, and so I'm only going by played in games. Uh, my buddy Sage Rosenfels was drafted by Washington and yep. played for. So I guess that there's even more than I think. So okay, Heineke, Sage. So there's even more than than eight, but keep going. Um, I'm trying to think of recent. How many are recent? Uh, some are recent. I'll give you one that you'd never guess is Norm Sneed. Like you would okay, never guess no, would Norm never Sneed, guess but he was very briefly a Viking. But when you go back into the mid 2000s and, and the 90s, okay, it it gets pretty hot. Well, I'll give I'll give you some hints. Um, one is. Um, Stole the job from Heath Schuler in Washington, like 90s, back in the day. See, 90s is border on when I started really getting into football. Um, was And then he threw passes to Randy Moss for the Vikings in the, in the mid-2000s, kind of a journeyman backup. Why do I, I want to say like Jeff George or something? Okay, like Jeff George, bingo. But that's not who I was talking about. I was that's talking, not who you're talking he, about. Well, he also threw passes to Randy Moss. So Jeff George is correct. I was going for Gus Farratt. Gus Farratt, okay. Yes, has been yeah. on this show and is an awesome guy. If you ever need a podcast guest, Gus okay. Farratt is the best. Um, how about a guy who was a superstar in the league for another team, had a lot of success for a long time, and then he went to – this team in Minnesota and then or no wait, then he went to Washington and then he went to Minnesota and both times it was just 
what is left of this player. <laughs> Washington have had too many bad quarterbacks. Man. Yeah, I know um, this is this is hard, but like think of rec- fairly recently within the net within the last like ten years where you just went. They they made a big deal of this signing for this quarterback because he was a big star with another team, and then what the hell happened? Uh, see, the names that keep popping up in my mind are guys like – I know this isn't the one you're referring to, but guys like Donovan McNabb. No, that's who I was referring to. Is it Donovan McNabb? Yeah, Donovan McNabb. Oh, okay, I, I didn't to. think that's who you're referring to. Yeah. I, was thinking, yeah. I was thinking McNabb did end up signing in Minnesota, didn't he? Yeah, oh, gosh. <laughs> and oh man, go look it up. It was I think he threw for like thirty eight yards in a game once. It was miserable. Right. So oh, yes, God. he did. Uh I'll I'll give you a few more here. Brad Johnson is another Brad one. Johnson was another name I was thinking. Yes. Um, in the Jeff George kind of time. Uh Case Keenum would be another oh, of course. One. Case Keenum, yeah. I exactly. Case Keenum. And uh how about Rich Gannon? Ever so briefly, Rich. Oh, really? Yep. Uh, That's very forgettable. If you had gotten that one, I would have been very impressed. (laughs) So, yeah, there is a a long shared history of Vikings slash football team quarterbacks. Oh, there you go. There you go. I didn't realize they overlapped that much. Uh, the also like didn't Jeff George? I swear in Washington he like played the first game of the season and then got cut in week two or something. So just the, <laughs> they have they have a lot of stories like that in Washington. <laughs> the, the quarterback carousel in Washington has been pretty bad for a while. This is the thing. Brad Johnson went twenty three and seventeen as a starter for Washington. He deserves a statue. <laughs> so uh, okay. If you like Mark and you like listening to him, well, you can read him as well. And his great football analysis, Mark Bullock, that's B-U-L-L-O-C-K dot substack dot com. And all your stuff right now is open. So anybody can go check it out, see if they like your work. It's not just football team analysis, but like a lot of really cool breakdowns that you do film wise. You do awesome stuff. And I wish you the best with the new venture, man. It's really cool. Let's do this again. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. That was uh, really good fun.